Welcome back to Inspiring Competence. We're just a podcast playing a podcast disguised as another podcast. How's everybody doing? Just a dude playing a dude. <laughs> doing good. Podception here. I'm the, I Hell wasn't yeah. ready for that. Few are. So here we are, uh, still in Ustalov, uh, the region of Verlich, and uh, the fort of Castle Fawnum, where you guys just had yourselves uh, a right good smackdown, good old-fashioned uh, courtyard brawl, and uh, yeah, uh, I guess let's take it from there. Well, that was a good courtyard brawl, boys. <laughs> So I believe we have Vipera's mom and we have Gibris the gnome, well, now Mortic, former gnome, tied up, and what we were, we were bringing them inside to have a conversation, I believe. Yeah, I mean, I don't think we need to bring them inside. Do they deserve to be brought inside? I feel like they kind of deserve like a cold bucket of water on the face outside, followed by, what the fuck are you doing here? I like inside. Also, we're going to get a bucket of water. All right, we can bring them inside. I mean, these people were just, like, pissed that we were inside. Oh, yeah. You're well, saying the other people. Seeing seeing Gibris uh, in the, the, the state that he's in, uh, in this uh, very monstrous form, they, they're, they're not happy to, to see him like that. Uh, but a lot, you know, a lot of these people, uh, all but two, we're actually part of the same, uh, like, group as him. They, they travel together, and who knows how many adventures they had with him. Uh, but they they do seem far more, like, just comfortable around you guys now that they've been looking for a culprit, a, a, like a snake in the grass, uh, a, sh- a sheep, right. a wolf in sheep's clothing, if you will. And here he is. Uh, so... You know, they don't know what the fuck was going on with Vipira's mother or these other two yeah, yeah, yeah. boggles, but with Gibris, they, their immediate fears that were that was making everybody so tense when you first arrived seems to be uh, appeased. Well, Rainer, I guess you were your suspicions were correct. Uh, why don't you give me a hand here? I'll drag. Just kind of look down and realize he only knows this lady as Vipira's mom. Like he has no idea what her name is, and uh, he'll kind of like have that like awkward pause and then say, "This hag inside." Very well, I'll I'll take Gibris. We can put them in the storeroom. Plenty of plenty of places to to tie them up there. Well, I'll, I'll follow you. And Uchud will make it a point to n- not move her head as he drags her along out of the way of anything that could bump it. Care to what? Like, Uchud's gonna drag Vipira's mom by, like, down by the, like, feet. Like, grab those, pick it up, and just drag her. Okay. And, uh, yeah, you know, if there's any, like, rocks or bumps or things in the way for her head to bump off of, well... He's not going to make any effort to avoid him, that's for sure. Got it. Uh, her head is bumped a couple times on the way inside. Yeah, so now that the occupants are uh, much more friendly and there's no, there's nothing like forcing you to remain in uh, this sitting room, uh, I'm just going to give you a, a full tour of the place, not that there's much else to see. As everybody's uh, filing back into the fort, uh, you have this uh, this sitting room that you initially went into uh, with a fireplace. Uh, there's some uh, there's like a a cork board with with maps and uh, reports uh, tacked to it. Uh, to your left and right, as you walk in the north and south, there are uh, several uh, sleeping chambers uh, separated by curtains. Then the first actual door is on your right to the south, uh, and uh, this long room is noticeably cooler than the rest of the building. A large well fills most of the room and overflows with clear water, emptying into a gravel trough at its base. Wooden kegs line the east wall, and shelves uh, crowded with jars line the west. Uh, And then beyond 
that room. And uh, if you could just keep going all the way to the east from the sitting room, uh, is the largest room of all, about half the building, uh, is a giant warehouse. Barrels, crates, and heavy sacks fill sturdy shelving in this large storeroom center, while smaller shelves holding canvas, preserves, tools, and various other supplies line the walls. The ceiling extends nearly 20 feet overhead. So Rainer uh, walks into this uh, warehouse and just props Gibrus uh, on the floor uh, at the north wall. And he uh, he walks over to a crate, opens it, and comes back with, uh, with some sturdy-looking chains. And he starts uh, securing Gibrus to the wall. No mate going anywhere. <sighs> Got any cold iron chains over there? <laughs> I'm afraid need, not. Might need those for Hyperia's mom. Yeah, Uchu would drag Viper's mom in there, and I guess, uh, I guess I'm not sure like if they're together or not. Was that like a, was it just like a a normal wall that he chained him to, or was there like this a specific area for if they ever had to chain anyone up in the fort? No, yeah, there? it's uh. Like he he just kind of got a chain out of uh, a crate in the warehouse and used like just some I don't know like metal loops that happened to be there for fixtures for probably something else and has them chained that way. There, it, it's not an overly complicated thing to uh, get uh, Viper's mom chained up as well. Okay, yeah, we'll uh, we'll put her up on the wall too. Okay, well, uh, I owe I owe you a lot an apology. I, obviously, my suspicions weren't completely unfounded, but uh, I'm just sorry that you got caught caught in the crossfire. Uh, so, I, hopefully, no hard feelings. No harm, no foul. Yes, all's well that ends well, Rainer. We are all still standing, and we should leave it at that. Also, you, it's good for people to be cautious now without in light of everything going on, and... Your suspicions clearly were not unfounded, so can't really be too upset, can we? Well, he looks back at Gibrus. I wouldn't say that. I guess the question is who, what, what really happened? Gibrus, I've known him for years. He's always a, a squirrely fellow, but he was a heart of gold. Never do anything like this. He never showed the, the, this side of himself. I can't imagine he'd have been hiding it for all these years and then just suddenly turn on us like this for, for no apparent reason. If if you wouldn't mind me interjecting a little bit, um, it's quite possible that on the run-through of uh, those beings... Uh, <laughs> Uh, they may have replaced, uh, one to see if your heading might lead to more humans. So, it's a good thing we caught this now. <laughs> Otherwise, we'd all be in danger. Wait, what, what, what beings are you talking about? Uh, the, the undead, of course. The, the ones that have been trafficking through this area. Oh, well... Suppose that's possible, although I don't know if I like that possibility any better, uh, knowing that Gibberus could be out there somewhere and being held captive or worse by some undead menaces. Um, would would I be able to do like a knowledge religion to see how how well I know how the process of becoming a Mortic works, like? Would I know if that's definitely like still Gibrus just corrupted, or would I know if he gets if it's some weird like replacement thing? Yeah, you can give me a knowledge religion check. Uh, knowledge, knowledge religion, or knowledge local. Uh, lo- local be a lower DC. All right. Um, I'm gonna do religion, and I'm gonna spend a key point to give myself a plus four in this. Okay. Okay, so that's a thirty. You're not aware of a Mordic. Kind like ever like just spontaneously, you're not aware of like a, like a humanoid spontaneously turning into a Mordic. You're also not aware of Mordics having any sort of ability to disguise themselves. 
considering the possible catalysts of this, you know that they were up near Gallowspire when it reportedly exploded. Perhaps the usual rules of what makes a thing a thing and not a different thing could be a little flexible. Okay. So, yeah. After Arginus does that speculation, uh, Brillador would come in with, uh, well, I'm not certain there is any sort of replacement that happens when one becomes a Mortec. In fact, becoming a Mortec is not really how it works. But I suppose when you have something as devastating as what happened to Vigil and Gallowspire, I suppose much of what we think we know no longer applies. That's pretty concerning, because I know almost nothing. (laughs) Well, then you're perfectly fine. I smile at Elias as if, you know. See? We are fine, aren't we? (laughs) Can't touch me. (laughs) Well, that doesn't explain whoever this is. uh... No, but I can shed some light on who she is. I would appreciate that. You may have heard, or maybe not, but she was shouting at me in the courtyard. She was asking for someone by the name of Vipira. You all know Vipira. No, Randolph, they don't. Only you and I met Vipira. I find it hard to believe. It's true. Well, I and Elias and Elsie. So, really just... Nobody else. And her mother. And Umble and Thoot. (laughs) Umble Umble and Thoot. Well, obviously she was sent by Umble and Thoot. Well, she was... A traveling companion of ours, and, well, unfortunately, she, like many others, never made it out of Vigil. And Cedo. <laughs> I'm going to glance over that like you didn't say it, uh, hoping they forget that I had already mentioned Cedo in an earlier encounter with them. Well, this is Vipira's mother. Uh, I suspect she is a hag. I've only met her once before today, and that was when myself, Vipira, and Randolph over there were traveling from Rossler's Coffer to Vigil to war- try and warn Vigil about the, the looming attack that was coming. And a couple nights into our journey there, one night this hag showed up out of nowhere claiming she was Vipira's mother and that she must go with her right away. And Vipira went into the Fangwood that night with her mother and returned in the morning. She did not tell disclose what happened in those woods. And we honestly had more pressing matters at the time, so we didn't pry. And, well, this is the next time I've seen her since that night. She clearly was unaware that Vipira isn't with us anymore. Well, so the question remains, do these two know each other? Are those those creatures outside? Or or was her arrival just a coincidence to beef up that encounter? I I think what we have here is (laughs) one of them saw an opportunity that was accidentally presented by the other one and they went for it. I can't imagine this hag would have any use for your friend there. But maybe we should start by questioning your friend before we revive the hag. Yes, and your stories don't quite have any bearing on these two knowing each other. You and Gibris and Abilene and Ronit were all in Gallowspire while this hag was... Searching for her daughter near Vigil. I won't pretend to know... Unlikely. I won't pretend to know what a hag does with her spare time. Perhaps perhaps she's been up here too, but I'm not disagreeing with you. It does seem very unlikely. But yes, uh, let us rouse Gibris and see what he knows. I look at my new monk friend. 
Oh, I'm afraid I've got nothing for physical elements. Pathetic. My age comes in spiritual form. Well, lucky for us, Randolph. Big smile. (laughs) Yeah. Lucky for us, my friend Randolph here is quite a talented healer in his own right. Randolph, if you'd be so kind. Uh, Yes, of course, of course. Healing hands, go. We just need to wake him up. (laughs) (laughs) Which also very accurately displays your how well you are as a healer. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't use up those valuable spell slots. Well, I also say that under the guise that anyone that would have healing hands would obviously pump the healing skill to actually get the benefit of it. Obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. They wouldn't be like (laughs) me with a negative one in heal. Yeah. Uh, So how do I do this again? Make a heal check. Oh, 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 I saw 26. 17. (laughs) Eh? I'm not hearing a no. Alright, so you're rolling heal to treat deadly wounds. DC is 20. So you uh, failed to do that. But you're welcome to try again. Oh yeah. I'm just making a note that DC is 20. <laughs> While you're making your notes, here's uh, the rest 20. of it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, with a DC 20, uh, the target is healed by an amount equal to their hit die. Perfect. Uh, if you get a DC 25, then you add your wisdom modifier to the amount healed. Oh, yeah. Uh, if you get a DC 30, then you add your ranks and knowledge planes. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's also a full round action. It's normally an hour. It's full round action for you. You don't need a healer's kit. And you can do it a number of times per day. Was equal the DC to your... 30? Uh, sorry. My... Uh... DC 30 was heal plus my wizmod plus my thing or just uh, that last one? Yeah. It's all of it. Yeah. Okay. So they, it's their, it's their hit like die plus your yeah, plus wisdom mod plus ranks and knowledge planes. You can use healer's hands a number of times per day equal to your ranks and knowledge planes. Okay. Which is what? Five. Okay. So Gibrus takes a shuddering breath <sighs> and he 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 looks like he's still very close to being unconscious. He, like it, uh, Randolph healed an equal number of non-lethal damage as he did lethal damage with that uh, with that heal check, and he still has a fair amount of non-lethal damage on him. He kind of looks around vaguely, gives his arms a, a very feeble, uh, feeble tug against the chains. Uh, seems to comprehend. You know what exactly like what his position is right now, uh, but doesn't really seem to uh, have that big of a reaction. And he just kind of looks up at all of you, and he's he's acting calm, but you can see this like very quiet mania behind his eyes. Nice. And he says, "I didn't hurt anybody too bad, did I?" No, your uh, your incompetence was on full display. <laughs> I see. Well, what are we going to do now? I think you're going to start telling us what happened to you. He looks down at his hands like he's examining something that you can't really see. Uh, he's turning his hands this way and that. He says, I'm not really sure. I, I, I felt something happen to me up near Gallows Spire, but I don't know chalked up to nerves we were going back south so everything would be fine but everything's not fine i'm different now i know that it's only a matter of time before i strike again i can't help myself it's like an itch he looks he looks up at you again even now i i just want to and like the chains kind of tighten as he his arms like maybe even like subconsciously like reach up at you but they're they're stopped at his sides i want to touch you and rearrange you are you the one responsible for that horse thing the horses they were all wrong i put them right nobody else can see it 
All of you, you're all wrong. But I can set you right. And who's your lady friend here? He he looks over at Viper's mother and like kind of starts. He didn't even notice her. I don't know. I'd never seen her before, but the excitement and the adrenaline when she showed up and started making a ruckus. Uh, I was barely holding it together already. I snapped. I'm sorry. I. What about the Fae out there? Were those yours? Never seen them before either. It was such a gloriously chaotic fight, wasn't it? Everything going everywhere. Uh, I got a 34 sense motive to see if he's like actually being truthful or if he's just trying to fuck with us. Yeah. With a 34, uh, you're pretty sure he's been telling you the truth like ever since he woke up, including the fact that he's sorry and also that he's going to do it again. I'm sensing no falsehoods from poor Gibbers here. It's quite the dichotomy he has going on. He does indeed seem apologetic for his actions, but at the same time, he cannot help his new nature. Gibberus. He does not know this hag. He merely took advantage of a chaotic circumstance. Yes, yes, we all heard him. Uh, Rainer speaks up. Gibberus, why, why didn't you tell us? We, we might have been able to help you, or uh, look for someone who could. Gibrus looks up at Rainer. I don't know. I don't think I wanted you to help me. It's hard to explain. I, I know what I, what I did was wrong, but it just felt so right. And I didn't want you to take that away from me. I'm sorry, friend. I'm sorry that it has to end this way. Our friendship, our partnership, I remember it all. But now, well, suppose I'm on my own. And he, his, his mouth opens wide as he takes a deep breath. <gasps> and he like, he's visibly like holding his breath and the chains slacken. And he just like, rolls backwards through the wall. Um, I'm gonna run to the other side of the wall as fast as my Randolph legs will take me. Thalias yeah. can go right through it. Oh yeah, Thalias goes right through it. Okay, uh, so Thalias goes through the wall as Gibberus is standing up. Shovel time! Uh, this guy's not getting away that easy, are you kidding me? I guess roll initiative. I honestly forgot Randolph could go through walls. He can? Elias. <laughs> you see, hear the excitement in Joe's voice? He can? <laughs> Hold the fuck on. Uh, 13 initiative. All right. Uh, so, Gibris's rolling backwards and standing up was part of the surprise round. Uh, sadly, Gibris is going to go first. So, Randolph, or so Thalias phases through the wall, and Gibbers is already gone. Well, that saves me the run around the wall. So, uh, I guess we just come back in a huff and uh, explain that, yep, he's gone. Rainer. That's a little bullshit. Rainer shouting, Gibbers! And he, uh, like, he, he's not really listening. He, he runs out of the, the warehouse, and he's, like, going around. Yeah. Good luck, guy. What's everybody else doing? Um, tightening the chains on uh, the hag there to make sure she and can't go through Maybe the wall. moving her away from the wall. <laughs> <laughs> we'll keep her in the middle of the room, thank you. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, Fully I mean, once, after... you know. <laughs> I mean, all of, all of Gibbers' allies, uh, they all ran out after him. Uh, couple of them like run around to the back of the building between the building and the the uh the fort walls uh rainer runs out of the the gate to the west after about five minutes he he returns 
having found nothing. But he does return. Uh, are you guys going to wait around for for that or just proceed? No, I'm gonna. If uh, if they run out like less than a minute, Uchid's gonna uh, look at Randolph and say, "Well, Randolph, how about?" Another demonstration of your healing prowess. I think we have some questions for Viper's mother. I, uh, I wink at you, take out my hands, rub them together, and cast a nasty heal. <laughs> no, wait, wait, <laughs> don't actually cast, like, a real heal. No, I know. Okay. I mean, like, okay, a, okay. my hand. Oh, I got scared. You're like, drop a cure serious <laughs> wounds on her, and then, like, <laughs> like I don't want her to, full <laughs> health <in laughs> yeah, I don't want to actually heal her, I just want to wake her up. <laughs> Yeah, lay hands on her. Scared me. Uh, 13, let me try. <laughs> I rub my hands together like uh, trying to start a fire. I don't remember if you've done this already today. 30. Though. 30, I'm the greatest. Wow, okay. <laughs> She's going uh, full life, dude. But the prophecy is fulfilled. Yep. So, was that... Like, like I was saying, I don't know if you've already done this today. Like, in this adventuring day. But that's the fourth time you've done it here. And you only have so five uses of it per day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, so don't worry. I got all those other heals. Oh, God. I hope we get to rest before we have another encounter. <laughs> we were supposed to rest here. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> the like, point of this. <laughs> we did, like, show up at the hotel. Like, all right, time to rest. And then had two separate big encounters. What's your wisdom modifier, Randolph? Four. And you have five ranks in knowledge planes? I sure do. Like literally, literally, the only time it would be ever bad for you to roll a natural twenty on this. That makes sense. The amount of non-lethal damage. That's what he's gonna do. That Vipera's mother had racked up from Utrid's stupid fucking chill touch or whatever it was. (laughs) New windy escape. We know. Insane. Yeah. And it was from a frostbite, well, not a chill touch. That's my other stupid first level spell. Yeah, they're both pretty stupid. She still has 48 non-lethal damage oh, after being healed for 25. <laughs> 25? Good gracious. Oh, her hit die is so high. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Alright. But she also does have quite a lot of hit points. Although, she had a lot of hit points when she was... In that rage, let me just recalculate this <laughs> really quick. <laughs> I think she's conscious, but don't you die when your non-lethal oh, damage exceeds your lethal damage? No, you you fall unconscious when you have a number of non-lethal damage greater than your current hit points. You die if you take a number of non-lethal damage. Uh, it it would have a number of non-lethal damage that would have. Uh, killed you twice if it was lethal damage, I think is twice. Gotcha. What it is. Uh, so yeah, Viper's mother is still unconscious after that. Yeah, man, I kicked her ass. I mean, <laughs> oh, no, she was getting a lot of health from that rage. <laughs> yeah, she was, she, yeah, she had a lot more hit points than she does now. So, <laughs> keep rubbing my hands. <laughs> She's not awake. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I hit her with like a cure light. <laughs> Yeah, because your dumbass will roll or, another natural 20. Yeah, I mean, or you could just use that wand that's going to be... Uh, no, don't use the wand. Well, that that's only a level one. Or yeah, we could no, use but I'm the saying, bead. like, the, the wand has limited charges. If we're going to rest after this anyway, the spell slots will recover, right. so use the spell slot. I don't think he needs a big Yeah, I don't think we need to be Yeah. Okay, regular <laughs> cure light incoming. You could, you could, like, throw that talisman of healing on her real quick. Nope. Nope. Absolutely not. Uh, That's a niner. Alright, she heals nine points of lethal and non-lethal damage. (sighs) She, uh, Vipira's mother, wakes up and she looks up and sees Randolph and company and immediately tries to stand up and, like, has her claws elongated. (laughs) And she's like struggling against her chains, but she's 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 good and chained. Uh, after yeah, I take a step back just to be sure. Uh, she she keeps like struggling, like she doesn't stop. I'll uh, Uchid's gonna unsheath Valo and 
put it like the blade up to her throat. She's still struggling. She is straining against the chains, but she's no longer thrashing. And she just says, My daughter died under your watch. Her death is on your hands. Uh, It's so funny to hear you refer to her as daughter and love. Because you clearly had no idea who she was. (laughs) Vipira was very adamant that she was under nobody's watch but her own. That's true. You literally know nothing about your daughter. I watched over her as a young girl, and then one day she left. She was taken away from her home, and I just found her with you. Trust me, if I knew where she was, she would have never outstepped. She was under my protection. So it is you who has failed her. She was under your protection long before I ever met her. You were only breathing still. Out of my respect for Vipira and what I believe her wishes would be, I don't care about you at all. I don't care what your plans are, what your plans were with her, what they're going to be now. I just don't want to deal with you, and I'm willing to let you live and leave. Don't force me to kill you. And I, like, press Vala a little harder into her neck. A, uh, a a rather wicked grin forms in, in her face, and she says, Well, I will tell you right now, swordsman. I hold you responsible for her death. If you want to honor her memory, what are you going to do? I'm in the process of doing that. I'm trying to complete the mission that she died for. Your silly mission that she tagged along for, despite my warnings. I told her to come with me, but you had her wrapped around your fingers. (laughs) She would have been safe with me. (laughs) You're right. I did fail to keep her out of your destructive clutches. I roll a sense motive. Is this just going to be a situation where, like, she's so emotionally distraught she can't? I got a nine, so... Yeah, you could potentially just leave her here. Wow. But then she's a danger to the people that, you know, live here. Yeah. She's, like, basically saying, I I hold you responsible. I'm going to do everything in my power as long as I'm alive to seek my vengeance on you. Like... Uh, Our genus is also going to roll sense motive uh, as an outsider... Like, Uchin would prefer to not have to kill her out of just respect for Vipira, but at the same token, like, she can't even lie to my face about, like, oh, no, 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 like, you're, oh, I get it, I won't, I won't kill you, let me go. If I might interject a moment, you, you say that this Vipira died in Vigil? Yes. Vipira was murdered at the hands of Sito. I'm sorry, who is Sito? Sito was a high-ranking general in the Last Wall Army who was individual for the White Blades Festival. She was the highest-ranking member of the Knights of Ozum at the festival, so in essence, she was the highest police authority in the city. And she killed this Vipira. Why? Well, after the attack on Vigil, as you can imagine, there was a lot of terror and chaos. And Well, Sito, I think, succumbed to some of that and was trying to barricade herself in her ancestral tomb with her other buried family and Fortunately, when we came across her, she attacked Vipira and was able to land a killing blow on her. Vipira's mother is, like, looking, like, like kind of with rapt attention 
at Uhtred uh, speaking right now, and... And Uhtred would be saying this with, like, a pretty easily, you know, just looking at him, like, like, pain. And, like, I mean, this was not three days ago. Less than a week ago? Yeah. Yeah. Like, so, like, it's fresh. It hurts. Like, he's not, as he's responding and answering your questions, he's purposely, like, not looking at you. Like, looking down towards the floor. Vipira's mother, uh, she she looks equally as upset to, to hear this as, as Uhtred seems to feel reporting it. So. And I assume this Sito is now also dead, correct? Yes. I made sure she was not able to leave that tomb in herself. Well then, madam, it seems that your quest for vengeance is misplaced and already fulfilled. If I was there, I would have protected her. He couldn't, and neither could he. And she looks over at Randolph. What? Me? If, uh, if you don't mind, uh, here you sit. You couldn't even protect yourself. I apologize for <laughs> your uh, loss of daughter. I was actually looking quite forward to uh, meeting everyone, and I think I stumbled upon <laughs> the uh, the mourning in process. However, there wasn't much time to mourn when that occurred. Your issue isn't here with us. We are granting you safe passage out of here. But if you don't want to take that, feel free to continue on with this dialogue and find out what happens next. I don't know what to say to you. Randolph, you tried talking to her. You knew Vipera. Okay. So, Vipera's dead. We can't do anything about it. We tried our best, and you're like the worst mom ever. Right? I mean, I look around as if I need people to back me up on this. Thalia's not alone. That's pretty much what I've been saying this whole time. And so, the nature of our predicament now is, you know, you're tied up, and we want to let you go, and we want you to just sort of disappear. Um... But you, you don't seem amenable to that. And that, that's going to be a problem. Because we're out here saving the world, you know? Like Vipira was doing while you were doing, you know, whatever you were doing. So, we good? You got me? I'd like everybody to give me a diplomacy check at this point. Okay. Um, Fuck with that. Our genus is, is going to be an intimidate. Um, <laughs> but The way that of- conversation ended, yeah. Of the diplomacies, uh, if somebody wants to lead that and the others uh, uh, aid, that's fine, too. Well, I was just talking to her, so I'll, I'll roll the diplomacy with myself. Um, um, yeah, so I used a, a key point to add plus four to that, so I got a nice whopping seven. Okay. I, uh, uh, I added two. Okay. Uh, Randolph diplomacy? Uh, Eighteen. And our genus intimidate? 17. E. Together, though, that's like a 35. <laughs> totally. I'll allow it. It's a good cop, bad cop thing going on. Yeah, I I don't think she's gonna play nice with you guys. In fact, she uh, she takes a deep breath and her chain's slacking. And she I, swing, I, I swing my sword. <laughs> no, the minute she inhales. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Keeping us on our toes. Uh, yeah, she she says, my only mistake was giving her the freedom that she asked of me. I should have forced her to stay with me. Perhaps if I was a good mother, that's what I would have done. Instead, I entrusted her to you. So go ahead. And strike me down, because I make this vow to you. I will never stop. You let her die. Killing her killer does not bring her back. No. Yeah. Well, you deserve well, what she got. Killing us doesn't bring her back either. <laughs> like, I, I feel like this is 
lost common sense. I, yeah, I, sure. Well, she, Open she's... semantics war with the grieving mother. That's a great idea. <laughs> yeah, she's she's clearly like enraged in her grief and is not going to let this go. So see, we and need I can either, ju- I'm like, totally cool with the grief and like where it's all coming from. I get it. I don't fault her for that. Problem is, she's a fucking hag that can do some serious damage to us. Like, she's not just a grieving mom. Right, which is yeah, I seriously point, like, doubt you would we, be uh, about to strike her down if she was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so like, we need to decide nah. if, like, how to handle this. Oh, I'm going to chop her head off with the scythe. I thought we all... Oh, all right. I mean, Uchra's going to do it, but you, you can do it. Yeah, I, well, I think I should uh, have a little God. RP action where I lean into her and say, this is your choice, and we gave you the option something that you wouldn't give to me and i just sort of nod like i remember bitch and then uh, i'm gonna scythe her head off all right uh couldn't bring vipera back but maybe we can send her to vipera her <laughs> good one her glare uh doesn't leave your eyes randolph until you lop her head off of her shoulders Ugh. You know, I didn't want to do that, and uh, this whole situation super sucks, but we we cannot have a crazy vengeance hag on the loose. So, uh, yeah, here comes the sickle. There it goes. All right, and uh, I'd, like to give, I'd like to award a hero point to Uhtred and Randolph. All right. Nom, nom, nom. A couple of heroes. We are, we are pretty much hero status at this point, Randolph and Uhtred. Serious. Ugh. <sighs> Well, that was a regrettable ending to that situation, but as an outsider, I don't know what else could have been done. To be honest, the only regrettable thing about it was that Vipira wouldn't have wanted us to have to do that. Yes, indeed. I'm going to say a a prayer with Elias. Uh, Not so much for her mother, just, uh, you know, sort of remembering Vipira in this moment. Hmm, I like that idea. I think Uhtred would, uh, would join you. Brilliter would, would like leave the room once they start praying. Is he would feel like he was intruding on a private moment. Okay. Well, um, I guess pray praying for Uhtred isn't the right word. Maybe just silent. Yeah, just a moment of respect. Yeah. Yeah. E- either way, like at at that point, Brilliter felt like he was intruding on on something that yeah. was an that you guys moment. needed to do so. Yeah, so he would he would leave the room to give you some some privacy to conduct your your business. So, yeah, uh, about you know a minute or so after after that, Rainer, Abilene, and Ronit uh, return from their uh, mad uh, dash to uh, try to find Gibrus. Uh, they return empty-handed. <laughs> Rainer uh, walks into the warehouse and he says. Oh, what what happened? You already questioned her without us? Yes. Uh, I mean, I, I, no offense, but I, I didn't think you were going to catch the guy that could go through solid walls. So we questioned her, and, well, ultimately she blamed us for Vipira's death. Despite us offering a chance to leave here with her life unharmed, she chose to make a vow to kill us. Okay. So now what? What uh, what will you all do now? Well, it's been quite a long day. I was very much looking forward to resting when we were approaching the fort, but the plan is to rest the night, heal up, and, as we told you, continue on the gallows spire. And save the world tomorrow. As Randolph said. Well... It's been, I think, a long day for everyone. My company and I will head out in the morning as well. Uh, we'll be heading the opposite direction. See what good we can do uh, back at Vigil. Well, I don't know if you have a specific destination planned out, but a large portion of the refugees from Vigil were on their way to Castle Everstand. I can know for a fact they could certainly use as many hands as they could get. I appreciate it. Uh, I know Castle Everstand well. We'll we'll make that our our destination after uh after we well I think we have to see it. 
the city to really believe it, but we will we'll make that our destination. Just be remember? careful. It's still swarming with lots of the undead. Oh, don't worry. We're, we are the, the Fellowood Irregulars. We are used to... Uh, regu- we have seasonal tours through Ustalav. We are no slouches when it comes to tangling with undead. But your warning uh, is appreciated all the same. Uh, if it's not too much of a bother, Reyna, I think I should like to accompany you and your irregulars on your return trip. I'd very much uh, appreciate the help. Yes. I get the feeling that Gibris is not done with you, and I believe I could be of some good assistance in that case. And if you are returning to Vigil, even passing nearby, I believe my assistance would be greatly needed. I certainly won't turn down your your help, any of it you're willing to give. So, Gareth enters the uh, the warehouse, the one of the caretakers, and he says, Well, I think it's probably for the best if we clear out with uh, with you, Rainer. Uh, Ustalov doesn't seem safe anymore, and without any uh, armed support, I don't think there's any point in us staying here. If there are undead who want in, well... Who, who, are, who would we be to stop them? And he looks at Bailey. And Bailey just kind of shrugs. But, yes, for now, let's let's rest. And uh, you're, you're welcome to... He turns to, to Uhtred and Arginus and Randolph. You're welcome to help yourself to any of the... Uh, any of the charts and maps that we have in the, in the parlor. Thank you. That's quite gracious of you. If he has nothing else to say or offer, I think Uhtred's gonna take a stroll to the parlor. To the parlor! You guys go to the parlor. I assume you're uh, going after the the charts and maps. Well, a a fresh report, presumably uh, delivered by the Fellwood Irregulars, uh, report on the massing forces of undead along Verlich's western border and a sudden surge of powerful demons from the ruins of Casnoriva. So demons sound fun. The report tells of a of the massing forces of undead along Verlich's western border and a sudden surge of powerful demons from the ruins of Casnoriva, including a powerful Merilith uh, in the western pass through the Hungry Mountains. Uh, looking at the map of Verlich, several maps, but... Uh, kind of piecing them all together and looking at these, uh, uh, these, this report, it's very clear that you'll, you'd be wading into, an, like, armies of uh, enemy forces uh, taking either of the two main routes to Gallowspire. Uh, so this leaves uh, the only, the only route that wouldn't bring you directly into enemy forces is a uh, an old pass called the Vaishu Pass uh, is a reasonable safe route north to the ruins of Gallowspire. So you know that it, it would go through uh, the ruins of Vaishu, uh, which is a uh, an old abandoned fortress from the Shining Crusade uh, and that opens to, uh, to a trail and a, a, more than a dozen miles from there is uh, the uh, Render's Lake, and Render's Lake is actually fed by the Mesmos River, which you would then follow farther north until you get to the Wailing Cascade, which is the tallest waterfall in Ustalav. Uh, you would have to either climb or otherwise you know, clear uh, the cliff that the Wailing Cascade flows down, and that would lead you to a plateau that eventually... Uh, ends uh, before finally getting to Gallowspire. Now, when you say climb, like climb like ropes and like like the type of climbing Tom does, or like hike. It sounded like climbing with like ropes and stuff because we had to go. That's up what a I waterfall. was imagining. Yeah, like, uh, but we also have like some pretty heavy access to a, to fly spells. I was gonna say, yeah. I mean, like. It's it's a cliff. So if there's 
a trail it would be a, you know a, a very circuitous trail that just keeps looping back on itself right uh and would still be very very steep otherwise yeah you'd probably just be climbing or adventures of your caliber would likely have means of magically getting to the top somehow and also do uh, a detect magic in the room sure uh just one last uh note all in all, it looks like it'd be nearly a hundred miles to get to Gallowspire uh, through largely trackless, mountainous terrain. If you stay on track and you know, travel with all due haste, maybe a seven-day trip on foot. Nearly impassable for horses or carts. And just a friendly reminder, long-range teleportation uh, will be diverted by the region's witch gates. You guys gotta get yourself uh, some phantom steeds. <laughs> hey, he just said no horses. Well, mine's not a horse, it's a phantom. Uh, oh, yeah. Boo! Oh, I, too, uh, oh, I too have a phantom. Yeah, you have a phantom, but is Thelias gonna let you ride on his shoulders? <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. Alright, Uhtred is detecting magic. So, Uhtred, you uh, are detecting two magical auras in this room. Oh? I spend the necessary rounds to pinpoint them. Yeah. Uh, they're they're both coming from like there's like various shelves around this room with plaques of like military victories or uh, like a trinket here or there, uh, some candles, uh, and the auras are coming from two separate shelves. Uh, one of them is one of the various candles. Uh, the other. Uh, comes from a, a sturdy pair of boots. Okay, so uh, I'm going to assume two spellcrafts? Yes. Does the hag not have anything? We didn't uh, loot her body yet, but we would have. All right. We uh, were just emotionally distraught. In, Vi- in Vipira's memory, mom. we would loot her. <laughs> yeah, in Vipira's memory, let's loot her mom. <laughs> That's, uh, yeah, that was part I mean, of the saying some words in the moment of silence. <laughs> <laughs> the moment of silence was uh, was just rifling, rifling through, through pockets. pockets. <laughs> that, that, that's that's totally fair. I okay. absolutely agree with that. <laughs> you would have found two magical potions and one magical wand on Vipira's mother. Oh. Uh, she has a uh, suit of plus one studded leather armor and a cloak of resistance plus one and two hundred and seventy five gold pieces. Oh, she had gold. I'm going to donate it to the uh, Vipira College Fund that I'm going to establish in her name after all this is over. I thought we agreed that we were going to build a, like... A Cedo-sized statue? No, an orphanage in her name. Orphanage is even better. The Vipira Center for Kids Who Can't Manage Their Feelings Good and Want to Have Parents Good, too. <laughs> how, about, how about Vipira's home? She never yeah. actually found her home. Okay. Wow. That's even better. Yeah. Give her what she wanted after she died. <laughs> well, couldn't give it to her in life. Give it to her in death. All right, so you've got three spellcraft checks. One for each potion, and one for the wand, and the two that we initially talked about. Well, that's four. So five altogether. To, hold, all right. How? Yeah, five altogether. Okay. Let me know what you're identifying first. Oh, well, I already rolled... Three, so it was a 22, 25, 33. You can assign it however you want. Uh, I'm just doing the order that you set them in. And then I had a 27 and 37 to wrap up. Okay. Um, I had a 23 and a 24 are my only notable ones, so. Okay. Uh, all right, you guys are able to identify everything then. Uh, although the candle surprised me uh, as the hardest identified DC. With a 32. <laughs> what is it? It's a candle. Yeah, but like, what kind? Candle of love. Like, s- sniffing it like we're in Yankee Candle, trying to figure out what smell is. <laughs> I smell so vanilla. So hard to identify. <laughs> so we'll do that first. Uh, you identify this as a candle of invocation. Each of these special tapers is dedicated to one of the nine alignments. Simply burning the candle generates a favorable aura for the individual if the candle's alignment matches that of the character. Characters of the same alignment as the burning candle add a plus two morale bonus on attack rolls, saving throws, and skill checks while within 30 feet of the flame. 
A cleric whose alignment matches the candles operates as if two levels higher for the purposes of determining spells per day if he burns the candle during or just prior to his spell preparation time. He can even cast spells normally unavailable to him as if he were of that higher level, but only so long as the candle continues to burn. Except in special cases, a candle burns for four hours. It is possible to extinguish the candle simply by blowing it out, so users often blow it in a lantern, often place it in a lantern to protect it from drafts and the like. Doing this doesn't interfere with its magical properties. In addition, burning a candle also allows the owner to cast a gate spell, the respondent being of the same alignment as the candle, but the taper is immediately consumed in the process. So, that's a fucking sweet-ass candle. Yeah, uh, a gate spell is fantastic. That's like that's like a ninth level summon spell. Yep. Oh. Uh, and the in, the candle has the alignment neutral good. Ah. So I think I'm neutral good. <laughs> no, maybe I'm lawful neutral. <laughs> you're lawful I'm lawful neutral. neutral. Yeah, yeah, you're lawful neutral. So Randolph is neutral good, I believe. Yeah. Anybody, yeah. anybody with a good component in their alignment uh, would benefit from this. Uh, no clerics in the group, but uh, you still get that plus two morale bonus on attack roll, saving throws, and skill checks while within 30 feet of the flame, uh, and it will burn for four hours unless put out. Or you can just uh, spend it to cast a gate spell. And this is what the gate spell does. Uh, can we let it run for three hours and 59 minutes and then cast the gate spell? I think so. Casting a gate, gate spell has two effects. One of them is planar travel. Uh, but it specifically says it's the other effect. Uh, it creates an interdimensional connection between your plane of existence and a plane you specify, allowing travel between those two planes in either direction. Uh, that's the first one. Uh, that's the plane of travel. Second, you can then you can call a particular individual or kind of being through the gate. The gate itself is a circular hoop or disc from 5 to 20 feet in diameter, caster's choice, oriented in the direction you desire when it comes into existence, typically vertical and facing you. It is a two-dimensional window looking into the plane you specified when casting the spell, and anyone or anything that moves through is shunted instantly to the other side. You can use this function to call an extraplanar creature to your aid. Uh, it's a calling effect, which is different from a summon effect. Uh, a a, like a summon monster spell basically just gives you like a Xerox of, you know, a, mm -hmm. a dire wolf or, you know, whatever. A calling spell calls a specific creature to you from another plane. They typically last much longer. And if the creature is slain, it is slain. It's not just like, poof, that Xerox copy is destroyed. By naming a particular being or kind of being as you cast the spell, you cause the gate to open in the immediate vicinity of the desired creature and pull the subject through, willing or unwilling. Deities and unique beings are under no compulsion to come through the gate, although they may choose to do so of their own accord. This use of the spell <laughs> creates a gate that remains open just long enough to transport the called creatures. This use of the spell has a material cost of 10,000 gold in rare incense and offerings, uh, but I believe the candle doesn't force that upon you. Uh, this yeah, what am I going to pay a candle? <laughs> this cost <laughs> is in addition to any cost that must be paid to the called creatures. If you choose to call a kind of creature instead of a known individual, you may call either a single creature or several creatures. In either case, their total hit die cannot exceed twice your caster level. Caster level, caster level of the candle is 17th. Uh, so are you telling me that this candle has the ability to open up uh, like a portal to wherever. Who's the god that died? To a what? So if I'm understanding this, like you could use it to be like, I want to call upon this specific person, creature, whatever, and it opens up a portal, right? Yeah. And they're like on the other side, and it pulls like, that creature through. Right. Yeah. So, so now you said deities aren't pulled through the portal but the portal's still open and if the deity deigns to do so it can just yeah step right through right uh but it is also free to step through and say who the fuck do you think you are <laughs> i agree i agree but when you have a particular instance where you have a god that 
there's a lot of mystery and unknown about. Are you referring to Aridin, the god who is dead? Yeah. He's dead. You can't just... <laughs> he's, he's, not, he's not hanging out somewhere. He's dead. I thought That's it was like... Says. Everyone was like, yeah, he's yes. the dead god. Um, but like nobody actually like knew nobody, how he died. Yeah, or nobody like, knows how or why he died. But it is very clear that he is So dead. how do they know he's dead? Yeah. Be- well... I'm prob- sure no one has thought to use a gate spell in the last hundred years to check on him. <laughs> also, all clerics of Aridin a uh, hundred years ago just very suddenly lost their connection to him. Anyway, there's there's all more of a sudden spell. all his clerics became just guys. <laughs> uh, in the case of a single creature, you can control it if its hit die does not exceed your caster level. In this case. 17th. A creature with more hit die than your caster level can't be controlled. Deities and unique beings cannot be controlled in any event. An uncontrolled being acts as it pleases, making the calling of such creatures rather dangerous. An uncontrolled being may return to its home plane at any time. If you choose to exact a longer or more involved form of service from a called creature, you must offer some fair trade in return for that service. The service extracted must be reasonable with respect to the promised favor or reward. Some creatures may want their payment in quote-unquote livestock rather than in coin, which could involve complications. Immediately upon completion of the service, the being is transported to your vicinity, and you must then and there turn over the promised reward. After this is done, the creature is instead freed to return to its own plane. Uh, Failure to fulfill the promise to the letter results in your being subjected to service by the creature or by its liege and master at the very least. At worst, the creature or its kin may attack you. Otherwise, it has a duration of instantaneous... Yeah, so, I mean, it's a fucking ninth level spell, buddy, so if you're going to use it to call somebody... Like depending on the terms of a, like any deals that you want to cut with it, uh, it could you know effectively be like such a long-term arrangement that it's effectively permanent. But just bear yeah, in like mind, we could call basically anything with seventeen or less hit die to just like be our you know buddy, little buddy, for as long as we want it to. <laughs> yeah, bear in mind that as this candle has the alignment neutral good the respondent of the call of the gate function uh, has to have the same alignment as the candle so it has to be a neutral good uh, creature and you know if you were to call like a demon and be like shut the fuck up we're in charge now like you do what we say or else like you know that's like whatever probably morally ambiguous still to enslave something even if it is evil but hey it's evil uh Dealings with neutral good creatures, uh, maybe a little bit more complicated if it doesn't immediately want to help you out. So yeah, that's the candle. Probably shouldn't have led with that. Everything else is going to feel like a fucking letdown. <laughs> uh, so yeah, the, uh, let's go to the potions. Uh, you got a potion of fly and a potion of sea invisibility. The magical wand is a wand of locate creature with eight charges. And the boots are winged boots. Oh. These boots appear to be ordinary footgear, if uh, if quite sturdy. On command, they sprout wings at the heel and let the wearer fly without having to maintain concentration, as if affected by a fly spell, including uh, granting a plus four bonus on fly skill checks. The wearer can fly three times per day for up to five minutes per flight. Huh. This is pretty sick, but... Yep. Not the I remember Devoth had those the... things. They were amazing. Oh, yeah. So, Bailey uh, notices you guys eyeing these uh, very nice magic items up on the shelves. And he says, listen, if, uh, if we're clearing out of here, better you guys have them than some enemy force find this place and reap the benefits. You know, we're, we're probably not where we're going probably isn't very safe, but it's probably a damn near, uh, damn sight safer than where you're going. So, if you want them, they're yours. We appreciate okay. that. Yes. Not to sound too greedy, but are there any other treasures in this fort? No. Do uh, uh, you have anything in your pockets? <laughs> yeah. What do you have on you? <laughs> he holds his breath and runs to the wall. 
the only other real value this place had was its uh, strategic location and uh, supplies. I thought you were going to say its horses. <laughs> and, and its many horses. So, you guys doing anything else or just going to bed? Uh, I didn't have anything like I was thinking about doing. Then, uh, yeah, I'm pretty ready for some sleep. I'm just pretty tired. It's a, it a long day. It really Indeed. was. All right, and then you guys, uh, you guys hit the hay, and uh, we'll pick it up from there next week on the Inspired Incompetence Podcast. All right. See ya. All right. See ya. See ya. See ya. See ya.